As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yay Networks. Welcome to another episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. I'm your host, Dr. Roddy Raban, and today we're going to do a Q&A sessions about tummy tucks. So these are questions that you guys sent in, and uh, we're going to focus only on tummy tucks because there was a lot of questions and we wanted to dedicate an entire episode. As always, I am joined by Maria, my fantastic producer. And uh, she's going to be firing away the questions. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Maria, what do you got for me? And remember, you got to give a shout out to all the people who uh, wrote them in because people want to hear their names. Of course, of course. Okay, so the first question comes from Noberman562. Noberman562, what do you got? What are the pros and cons of an umbilical mesh? What are the pros and cons of an umbilical mesh? Okay, so... Sometimes I got to decode your questions and sort of re-question them for you. So when people have umbilical hernias, that means a hernia that comes through the belly button, there's a question and a discussion as to what the hell do I do about it? I have a hernia. I need to fix it. So in the general surgery world, hernias are fixed more or less, if they're big enough, always with mesh. They stick a piece of some type of material, a synthetic material, like a screen, like a window screen, over the hole to plug the hole up. That's how they generally treat hernias, which are holes in the abdomen. The problem is that ex the, the other hernias you have, the one in your groin, the one in the where you had a gallbladder removed, those other hernias are not like an umbilical hernia. I would say 95% of umbilical hernias in women who've had children occur because of the diastasis and the separation of the muscles. As the muscles pull apart, there's a tiny little shitty film that's left behind and the contents of your abdomen bulge out and your belly button's a perfect area for there to crack through and you get a little bit of fat that sticks out and they make kind of an outie belly button. Mm -hmm. The treatment for that is simple. When you do a tummy tuck or anything else, the muscles need to be repaired. So I do 100% of my umbilical hernia repairs using your own muscles when I repair the DR and never, ever, ever use mesh. Mesh has a million issues with it. It's, 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 it's synthetic. It causes scar tissue, pain, restrictions, infections, etc. So I'm not saying you should never use mesh. 
I'm just saying you don't need it for umbilical hernia. If it's some other ginormous, huge hernia, then that's the way you fix it. But I definitely think that using mesh in an umbilical hernia is super overkill. And I've never had to use it. And I've done hundreds, if not thousands of them with success. Okay. So if I understand correctly, you can get a, 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 a belly hernia and have a diastasis recti. So right? what you're understanding is that when you give birth, uh -huh. you generally develop some diastasis recti, muscle right. separation. As you give more and more births, that diastasis recti separation increases. The, the, the tissue that's left behind is really thin, and you often develop a belly button hernia or an Audi belly button. Got it. So the belly button hernia is linked to your DR because you wouldn't have gotten the hernia if the DR wasn't far apart because you, you wouldn't get a hernia through your muscle. Okay. Well, the second question goes to that, and I don't know if we've already answered it, but JD2112. JD2112. Says, can a hernia be fixed while in for a tummy tuck? Fantastic. What an amazing segue. Yes. That's awesome. I thought, I thought you'd like that segue. Yeah. So the answer is absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it depends on what type of hernia. Groin hernias, hernias in your groins, generally are not fixed during a tummy tuck. They need their own attention and they need to be fixed on their own. But anything in the midline, anything in the middle of your belly, which is the overwhelming majority of hernias and people who've had kids or given birth or whatever, absolutely can and ought to and need to be fixed during a tummy tuck. You open up the abdomen, you fix the muscles, you fix the hernia, and you remove the excess skin. It's a win-win-win. I got it. Okay, so the next question comes from, um, do you bend the table when doing a tummy tuck to ensure a flat tummy? I think you answered this once before, but I'm not sure. So who asked it? Because she's um, going to be pissed or he's going to be pissed. You're right. Know. I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, my jewels. <laughs> oh, my jewels. Okay, that's a memorable one. So the question <laughs> is, do I bend the bed during a tummy tuck? And the thing mm -hmm. is, in order to determine if they're flat. And so the answer is I flex the bed in every single abdominoplasty or tummy tuck. But the reason we flex the bed is not to determine if they're flat or not. So let's get this straight. What do we do during a tummy tuck? We do a portion of which is remove excess skin. And we do a portion of it, which is repair muscle separation, etc. Removing of the excess skin has to do with tightening your abdomen, making it so there isn't loose skin. Repairing of your muscles is designed to flatten your abdomen. Flatten your abdomen. The bulge you get is from muscle separation. The skin flap you get is from skin excess. So the reason we flex the bed is not to figure out if you're flat, because that has to do with the muscle, is to remove the excess skin. So... If we overflex you, you will remove too much skin. When you remove too much skin, you're too tight. When you're too tight, the scar rises. When the scar rises, it thickens and makes an ugly scar. So there is an art to removing the appropriate amount of skin during a tummy tuck. You don't remove enough, it's still kind of loose. You remove too much, it's too tight, can run the risk of dying and the scar is way too 
high. So that's the reason we flex the bed. What I do to assure that you're flat, because that was your question, but it was two parts, is that I have to tighten the muscles. You have a bulge. You're standing there before surgery and you relax your belly and, oh my God, I look three months pregnant. So I am tightening your muscles. But one of the mistakes that many surgeons make is that they tighten the muscles visually and when it looks tight, you're good to go. Then you come back post-op and you're still bulgy. What happened? You didn't make me tight enough. So what I do is the problem is when you lay down, you cannot determine how tight to make it because everyone looks flat when they're laying down. Mm. I can't certainly sit you up and make you stand while you're under anesthesia. So I do this trick where I have the anesthesiologist put a bunch of air into your lungs, which then makes your belly protrude while you're laying down, which gives me some insight as to how your belly will protrude when you're standing up. And then I tighten you until when she, she does that maneuver, you no longer have a bulge. So flexing you is for skin, blowing air into your lungs is for flattening. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so Fabby27. Fabby27. Says, how soon can you apply any scar treatment after procedure like a tummy tuck? So scar treatment, as everyone knows, I've had like no less than 10 episodes about scar management, scar treatment. I like to have episodes on things that I think are scam related or, or, or manipulative or misleading to people. And scar management is right up there at the top. So it's not that certain scar management doesn't help. It's just that it's overrated and too much emphasis is put on it. If you have a shitty surgeon, I don't care how much scar cream or tape or laser or whatever you rub on it, it's still going to be an ugly scar. Nothing is more powerful than the closure. Having said that, if you're going to apply anything, whatever you're going to apply, uh, God knows if it works, you don't really want to start too early because the wound is still healing and you don't want to wait like six months because frankly, whatever you're going to do, if it's going to work, is it's too late. So if patients are insistent on doing things, we usually recommend around six weeks for them to start. Um, I guess now is a perfect, I, I really believe in a very tiny amount of few things that I think have science behind them. And lasers are not one of them. It's gentle pressure through paper tape. And I guess you can put a little bit of silicone scar cream or silicone strips or silicone tape and things of that nature. Otherwise, I don't think there's much in the world that helps at all. And those two things I just mentioned help a mild amount, not a tremendous amount. Okay. Uh, they Life. They Life. Says, what is your advice to someone who has who isn't a candidate for a tummy tuck, but wants to do liposuction? So the question is, what do I advise for someone who's not a candidate for a tummy tuck, but then wants to get lipo? So naturally, the question is, why aren't you a candidate for tummy tuck? There are a handful of reasons why you are not a candidate for a tummy tuck. Number one, you have zero excess skin. <laughs> number two, you have zero muscle separation. And number three, you're way overweight. The most likely story here is if someone is way overweight. They, they have loose skin, maybe a little bit, and they have a muscle separation, but let's say they're 5'2 and 190. Well, it's a horrible idea. You're going to have a terrible outcome. So if that's the case, the last thing I'm going to recommend to you is lipo. 
So I need to know why you're not a candidate for tummy tuck. But a liposuction is not an alternative to a tummy tuck. They have nothing to do with each other. That's like, if I can't get a haircut, do you recommend getting my hair colored? What? The two have nothing to do with each other. Hair colors, hair color, haircuts are haircuts. Yeah, they're both regarding your hair, but one colors your hair and one cuts it. So a tummy tuck is its own procedure and liposuction is its own procedure. They're not done in lieu of each other or in place of each other. They're done as adjuncts to each other. Liposuction removes fat. Tummy tucks remove skin and tighten muscle. So the answer is, I can't answer that question, but the two are unrelated. I, I would have assumed when she says she does, she or he uh, uh, says that they don't qualify for, for a tummy tuck is that, that they're not that big, that, they're, that it's just a minor ball. Yeah, I think about the other, but if you're minor, listen, the issue is what, what is the, the there are three tuck. issues and you need to figure out what the issue is. Yeah. I have a little bit of loose skin. Do you recommend liposuction? No. No, no because it makes it looser. Make it worse. Good, Maria, you've been paying attention these last three years. Yes. Look at that. <laughs> Two, I have some muscle separation. My belly's like protuberant. Do you recommend lipo? No, you need your muscles corrected. And the third is I have a little bit of fat in my love handles or a little bit here and there, not enough to need any surgery. And yes, in that instance, maybe a subtle amount of liposuction is okay. But conversely, if you have a lot of extra fat, I do not recommend liposuction. I never recommend liposuction when you have a, when you're overweight, it's just not the right thing to do. Okay, the next question comes. What's our break? How many questions do we have? Do you um, have a Do you have a good break? Um, yeah, we could go on a break now. Now? Yeah. We that was really like we really that was really smooth what we just did. Yes. <laughs> like totally planned. Yes. All right. Sounds like we're taking a break. Yes. Uh, we're do. doing our Q and A's for tummy tucks. Mm -hmm. These are questions you guys have sent in. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Answer more of your questions with my favorite producer Maria. Here on Plastic Surgery Uncensored. Perfect. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the second half of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. We are answering your questions regarding tummy tucks. Maria, what's okay. next? 
the next question comes from Angel Eyes. Angel and she, Eyes. And she has a two-part question. Two-part question. I it's a woman, but two-part question. When do you recommend tummy tuck after C-section and how long is the downtime for a tummy tuck and upper arms? I'll leave the upper arms out. Okay. So the question is, when do you recommend a tummy tuck after a C-section? The answer is as follows. There are certain criteria you must meet before you get a tummy tuck. Number one, you need to wait long enough for the wounds from your C-section to heal. So that's about three months. Number two, you need to get back to a reasonable pre-baby weight. For some people, that is three months. And for some people, that's a year. And for some people, that's never. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to, I gained 35, 40 pounds with my pregnancy. I gave birth. Within a week, I lost four or five pounds. Or I mean, you lost the baby, uh, meaning the weight of the baby plus four or five pounds. I'm ready to do a tummy check. No, no, you got to get back to a reasonable weight. And then you got to um, be in a place like, you know, oh, I'm breastfeeding my child. I'm carrying them around, etc. But at the minimum, you want to wait a few months after your C-section so that area is healed because we're going to go right through that area again. Right. And secondly, you want to be at a reasonable weight. You don't need to be the weight you were before you ever had any kids, but you definitely don't want to be at the peak of what you were when you had your child. So I don't know, maybe three months, maybe six months, maybe nine months, maybe a year. The and, second and, part is, what's and that? that and, and that being given that they decide that they don't want to have more kids, that they're at a, a stage that they don't want to have more kids, because why have a tummy tuck if you're going to have more kids? Excellent. So the third point of this is after you're done having kids, because the reality is somebody has a seat, the tummy tuck, and then like a year later gets pregnant. I mean, that's pretty catastrophically useless. So the second part was when do I, when, when, when do I recover? What's the recovery time from a tummy tuck and arm lift? Yes. So the recovery time from any major surgery is always the same. How is that even possible? Because we're healing is the same. Healing is healing. So one week, two weeks are the basic initial phases of healing. So I tell patients, you can go back to a desk job at two weeks. I work for UPS. That's not a desk job. I'm in the military. That's not a desk job. <laughs> I'm a paralegal. That's a desk job. So two weeks, you can go back to a desk job. Six weeks, you can go back to beginning exercise. I can go back to yoga. Yeah. How about a hike? Yep. Can I start biking? Yeah. Sure. Swimming? Yes, ma'am. So six weeks, you begin exercise. And you probably won't get to the, you know, a pretty damn good place. Like I feel solid between three to six months. How, so how about weightlifting? Six weeks. Okay. So you can do weight. You can do some. Listen, that's what I tell patients. You can do whatever the hell you want at six mm -hmm. weeks. But are you going to go back to doing what you were doing right before you had it? No, you're not going to go to like Barry's boot camp. So <laughs> I say you can start at six weeks and expect it to be three to six months before you're kicking ass. So that's your question. All right. What's the next question? Okay. The next one comes from Claude 707. Claude 707. That's like 007. Exactly. Weird. <laughs> Is the tummy tuck that goes all the way around your waist okay with ethnic skin? So she's referring to the tummy tuck that goes all around the waist. So let's call it correctly. A tummy tuck by definition is the surgery in which the scar goes from one hip to the other. 
once you start going around to the back, it's considered a circumferential, meaning all the way around, circumferential lipectomy or a body lift. So it is not a tummy tuck. It is a tummy tuck on steroids. It's a tummy tuck plus skin removed from the sides, lifting your thighs, and skin removed from the back, lifting your butt. So the question is, what the hell do I, why would I want to do that? Well, when you have lost a lot of weight or have a lot of loose skin, such that you have loose skin in the front of your abdomen, needing a tummy tuck, and I have loose skin on my thighs, and I have loose skin on my butt area, then a tummy tuck may not suffice. In which case, you need an incision that doesn't stop at your hips, but keeps going. So if you're a normal garden variety mom, gave birth to two, three, four kids, you gained your typical 20, 30, uh, rather, excuse me, 30, 40, 50 pounds, you probably don't ever need a body lift. But if you gained 60, 70 pounds, did that five times, or were at some point lost 80, 100 pounds, that's not a tummy tuck because that's you're going to have loose skin everywhere. And yeah. so then you'll need a circumferential body lift. It's not a circumferential tummy tuck. And will that fix like the inner thigh as well or no? It no, just, no, that's outer... a very good question. This surgery elevates the kind of laxity on your outer thighs. Mm. The inner thigh is its own surgery because it's in the inside of your thigh. And if you stand at home right now, which I'm sure you're doing, and you pull on the side of your hips, you'll see that the inside of your thigh doesn't move at all because it's unrelated. Mm. If you pull up, you'll notice that your saddlebags and some of the dimpling gets better. That's why the term is body lift. You're lifting your body. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of women, spe specifically women that have had a lot of a lot of weight loss. The inner thigh looks really the inner thigh and the arms. I think are the two areas that I guess is the most noticeable that you see if they're wearing shorts or a blouse or whatever. Sure, it's hard to conceal. And inner thighs mm -hmm. and arms bother people who have lost a ton of weight so so much because they mm -hmm. can't wear t-shirts. Right. And they can't wear shorts. And they're skinny, but they can't wear it. Right. But my point being is with the breast and body, you can cover it up. And you're absolutely right. The thighs and the arms are very hard to do so. Well, talking about the circumferential uh, body lift, Body lift. Um, here's a question. What qualifies you for a 360 body lift versus a tummy tuck? Bam. We just answered that and question for you. Yeah. Shannon, Shannon Helene asked that question. Shannon Helene, we answered that question for you in the previous question. Mm -hmm. So it's all in one, bam. Bam. Okay. Now, um, I have a couple of questions regarding the stomach area, but not tummy tuck. This next one comes from Emma Bardeen. Emma Bardeen. Okay. Better be yeah. about than the right segment. Don't throw in some nose question here. No, 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 no. It, it's stomach area. Okay. Why don't you do a diastasis rexi fix orthoscopically? What are your thoughts on that since you tell us the facts? Would like to get your views on it. All right. So they want to know my thoughts because they say that I tell them the facts. Okay. So the question is, what are my thoughts about fixing your diastasis recti, aka muscle separation? Orthoscopic is not really the right word. There are different ways you can do it without doing a tummy tuck. Oh my God, that sounds awesome. What the hell? Let me pay attention to what he's saying. One is you can do it robotically, meaning laparoscopically. They put a bunch of ports into your 
abdomen. And like removing your gallbladder, they repair, and I'm doing quotes if you can see this, well, quote unquote, repair the muscles from the inside. It is not, listen carefully, it is not going to do shit. Did you understand what I just said? It's not going to fix your diastasis the way I fix your diastasis by putting sutures, heavy duty sutures through your muscle and your fascia and bring it together. Not even close. It is a Mickey Mouse attempt at making things slightly better. The only times I recommend it is if someone is a terrible candidate for a tummy tuck because they're sick or they have other issues or they're already going into their abdomen for something else. And you're like, screw it. I'm already here. My doctor's going to put a bunch of stitches in there. See if I can make my bulge a little better. That's one variation. The other variation is endoscopic. And endoscopic is a hybrid whereby which you make a small incision in the C-section area. It's small. You stick a scope with a long like blade, like a, like a, like a L, like a huge L. And you stick that all the way up and you repair the muscles the way I repair the muscles, but through a tiny little hole underneath the abdomen, like a cave. And that's considered endoscopic assisted. And I don't do that either. The reason I don't do that is number one, you are operating with really shitty visibility. You're, you really can't see what you're doing well, and you're doing it through a tiny little hole. And anytime you operate through a tiny little hole, in my opinion, you do not as well as you would do if it's open. That's number one. Number two, you are bringing muscles together. The skin attached to the muscles starts to kind of clump together and ridge up. So the middle of your abdomen gets this sort of hooding effect of skin. And then the surgeon has to release that skin. And I don't think your skin ever becomes as smooth and flat as it should be when you do it open. And number three, you need to remove skin in most instances. So you're, you, you can't remove skin through some tiny rinky-dink scar. You need a legit incision to remove skin in a smooth fashion. So to answer your question, if I felt there was a way to fix your diastasis that was awesome and it didn't require a tummy tuck, you damn well better bet I would recommend it because a tummy tuck is no joke. But I don't think you're going to get the results that I think you want to get through any measure other than what I do, which is a full tummy tuck and DR correction. And would there be doctors that would, would do that type of? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because listen, at the end of the day, not everybody wants a Ferrari. Uh, not everybody wants a full Monty. Some people are like, hey, listen, a little improvement. I'm okay with it. Great. No problem. I just, listen, I don't care what people do. Mm -hmm. I get frustrated when they're sold an apple and, and, and they get a prune. Mm -hmm. Like if you're selling me an apple, tell me it's an apple. Yeah. If you're selling me an orange, sell me an orange and say, this is what you're going to get. It's limited. It's less this, it's that blah, blah, blah. And then let me make a decision as an informed patient. Right. What bothers me is all the goddamn marketing and like amazing photos and before and after manipulation and then patients are like disappointed. They're like, wow, I didn't realize it was going to be like this. Well, that's because no one ever told you. Now, if you are told that it's going to be a, a, a plum and you're like, I'm okay with a plum and you get a plum, great. 
Awesome. Good for you. Awesome. Wonderful. I just, I just, and I don't have to do it. I don't have to do that procedure. I only do things that I think look great. Period. Okay. If you're going to go through the problem, you might as well go all the way and then just not half-ass it. Each person, each person's got their personality. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, I'm all about making sure you know what fruit you're picking. So there you have it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's it. We've got what? all our questions. That's it? For for, a for now, stomach for now, all right, guys. All right, well, once a month it. we'll have these Q and A's and answer everybody's questions. What I like is I like to cluster them together. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do another Q and A soon, and it'll be a mixture and hodgepodge of questions. But I like when there's a lot of questions in a certain topic, and yeah. I think we're going to ask you questions regarding topics because I think it clusters it together. And if you want to have a surgery, I don't know, you want to have a nose job, you'd love to go to Q and A's on nose jobs. Right. I think that's really actually good. So at any rate. Maria, that wraps up another episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. Hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, if you dig the show, we'd love it if you would share it with friends. Will you subscribe, you download, and you tune in next week as uh, I'm sure we'll have a really cool episode. Thanks as always, and we'll see you next time on Plastic Surgery Uncensored. Thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Uncensored with Dr. Roddy Raban. We would love your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode or if you find our podcast helpful, tell us why. Leave us a review and make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a topic you would like for us to discuss in an upcoming episode, please reach out to us on Instagram at Dr. Roddy Raban, on Facebook at Roddy Raban or at RoddyRaban.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.